Today on Let's Talk VoiceOver with BT and Randy Ryan, it's part two of our time with Andrea Toyas, casting and voice director for Blizzard and one of the best in the business. We continue our talk with Andrea about protecting the actor, benefiting from positive energy and not suffering fools, favorite qualities of a voice actor and those who inspire her, three questions about World of Warcraft and the funny little traveling musical panda in WoW and her best advice for voice actors. Let's jump into Andrea Toya's part two. Settle in, my friends, and let's talk. Voice over. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. One of the things that you have taught me, even though you never set out to teach it to me, was protecting the actor. Right. Right. And how much I know more than I did 10 years ago. Right. And I think that's why when I was an engineer, it was great because I saw all kinds of directing styles. And I, I, even before I knew I would ever be a director, I'm not that person to ever talk to anybody like that. So it was interesting to see, you know, that technique and how it works. And it can yield benefits. I know some directors, you know, here in L.A. that kind of direct through fear and you'll get mm-hmm. results. But that's just not my jam. And I feel like the more it's a really fun sandbox for all of us, the better it's going to be. So, right. you know, and you realize, too, I taught a directing class to some of our uh, regional offices in Paris last year, and I was talking about giving positive reinforcement and letting the actors know they're doing a good job and just kind of being, you know, hey, that was great. Let me check this out. And some of them said to me, isn't that false saying that to them? Don't I'm going to feel like a fraud saying that to them. And I said, no, you're not, because you know what? Even if you're not getting the reads that you intend to get, that actor in that booth is doing the very best job they can do for you. They're bearing their soul. They're giving you everything they've got. Now, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe it's not working. Maybe you're not getting what you want, but they are doing a good job because they're trying to give you everything. And if you look at it that way, every single actor that walks into your door is brave enough and has worked hard enough to be there. And with that, you've got to get kudos. And with that, you've got to surround them with love and then kind of go from there. So I... The, the idea of talking to them otherwise breaks my heart because I can't imagine getting any successful collaboration when they're scared. The more loved they feel, the more protected they feel and nurtured, you're going to get gold. They're going to give you their DNA if they have to. So I'm very much a believer mm-hmm. in that in that approach. Boy, you're spot on with that. Absolutely. You and I have both had conversations about actors that we have worked with that did not give you the gold and maybe even were less than in different ways. How do you deal with that just internally when somebody who you have not done anything to is kind of looking at you going, you aren't giving me my due for whatever reason, like, well, I came in and did the session and I didn't even make it into the game, or you're not putting me for the main roles and I'm a main role person, and you're looking at them going, I'm not. How do you kind of deal with that, not only with them, but internally. So you mean, we're not talking in session, you're talking outside a session, just any kind of static I would get from them for various reasons? Yeah, because I don't think that those things tend to happen in session. They tend to happen out of session. Right. I really, like, A, I'm fortunate enough to not have had to really deal with that in any way. I can think of some instances, you know, and there was somebody that I worked with that got recast. And, you know, we all know in the VO world, in, in the acting world, recasting happens all the time for a multitude of reasons. And right. this happened and this person 
was not happy about it and let me know repeatedly, which I felt went above and beyond professionalism. And I guess my answer is I don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage with it. I, I, you know, There's a code of ethics and a code of behavior in this industry, and we're, we're such a small group mm-hmm. that I think you treat everybody, it sounds so ridiculous, as you want to be treated. And no matter what happens, good or bad, we you still have to you know maintain a modicum of respect and professionalism. Mm-hmm. I simply don't engage in, in behavior that I don't think is professional in the way that I would like to carry myself. So if somebody has static or gives me a hard time, I will either ignore it, maybe send a one line back, but I'm not going to engage in it because I'm not here to teach you how to act to be professional. So I simply don't feed it. And if it continues, then I simply don't use that person again. So I don't know if that's the right answer or a good answer, but I have very little bandwidth for that kind of behavior from actors because you know here's the truth there's a lot of great people out there and I don't necessarily there's a lot of good energy out there and I don't have the bandwidth to tap into something that's what I would consider not positive energy does that make sense so I no, it makes I walk from it tremendous sense. I walk from it I no, don't it makes, engage I'm sorry I've got no time for this so no that makes tremendous sense yeah I think we all deal with that in our own way yep. you know I <laughs> when Brian and I were doing pre-pro for this and this is a compliment to you one of the things that I said was so I think I know Andrea well enough to know that, like you and me, she does not suffer fools oh, gladly. zero percent. Zero, zero percent. Unlike you and me, she's got a better way of not ever dealing with that publicly. <laughs> Trust me, I've had moments yeah. when I do want to deal with it, but it's not worth it. There's too much good energy and too many beautiful people in the world that we reside in to feed any of those other things in any way. So, yeah, I just I really literally don't deal with it. But the people who do take feedback and do get recast and handle it gracefully, mm-hmm. those people are become even in my closer circle because I know that they're wonderful and they they've got a big heart and they understand how the process works. So if we go through a rough patch and they come out on the other end full of light right. and enthusiasm, then they get even tighter into our world. But if you come at me otherwise, I'm simply not going to deal with it. No. I mean, it's it's a 0% tolerance policy. No, and I and I completely mm. understand that. But it's super rare. I want to say it's super rare. I think in our world we're so lucky that 99.9% of the people are amazing. It's only rare that you've got to deal with something that's not. And that's one of the things that, to me, has been really just a wonderful find about the voice acting world. You know, I still consider musicians my tribe. Right, absolutely. But I look at voice actors as my second mm-hmm. tribe. What's really interesting about voice actors, and obviously, look, there are things about musicians that I absolutely love. Right. But one of the things that I've never loved is the competitive nature mm-hmm. that can go on. Right. And among some people, it doesn't. It's not like everybody does this. Right. It's kind of like what I've seen the difference between, at times, screen actors versus voice actors. Voice actors, and I don't care whether it's in LA or Dallas or Vancouver or New York or wherever, for whatever reason, they all seem to band together and support each other and do mm-hmm. the things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that made me move to Austin was this whole feeling of, we don't really care if you come here. Uh, you're not going to steal our pie. Right. You're just going to help us grow the pie. And that seems to be where voice actors mm. tend to go with and other actors in other mediums, not so much. Why? Why is that a thing with voice actors and it's not necessarily a thing with other creatives? That's a great question. My first reaction would be that 
the pie is so big. I feel like in Hollywood, let's say on camera, there's very limited slots, right? There's very, you're either that hot chick or that hot guy for the lead, and it's very, very competitive. But I feel like the realm of possibility in voice acting in video games and everything else is so big that there's more than enough gigs to go around, right? There really are. You might miss out, you might go through a slow period, but there's so much happening and so much possibility and so much diverse casting that there's a million jobs you could get an, an audition for, where I think on camera, it's, it's you know, drastically limited. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. And I also think that voice actors are a certain tribe of people on themselves. They're the ones that they always make jokes that they were the ones making funny voices in class. Right. They weren't like the hot cheerleader who's going to be that hot actress. They're the kind of nerdy, goofy guys in the background that we loved. So I think inherently as people, they've got a big heart and a big soul that kind of immediately sets them apart from other people. So I think they share that inherent quality within themselves. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. but I think that may, be, that may be accurate. Yeah, You have so much love for voice actors. As a voice actor, I, I'm loving every bit of this. <laughs> what are your favorite traits that you happen to find in voice actors from time to time? I love, you know, in my little beginning classes I talk about, I, the actors I book over and over are the ones that just have fun and play. They'll come into the room, they, you know, strip down, not really, of course, but do you know what I mean? Like, okay, here I am, I'm vulnerable, what do you want? They're, they just have fun and they they love the challenges, they love the craziness of it, they're up for anything, they're going to give you everything, they're going to create, they're going to trust you, we're going to have fun, and they're the ones that just come in ready to be ridiculous. The ones that have no filter, no insecurities, no wall of fear that just come in like, all right, I'm so excited to be here. Let's do it. Let's have fun. And they literally give you everything they've got in every way they can. It's really when they come in, you just know it's going to be great. You don't know where it's going to end. You don't know how you're going to get there, but you know it's going to be amazing. And there's these, these, these big personalities with lots of love and passion for what they do. And it's, it's, you can hear it in everything they deliver. So those are the ones that I'm madly in love with. Because I know you've probably have seen this because I've seen this in workshops mm. and in voice classes that you've done. The people who are the raw talent right. who have exactly what you're talking about. Now, for what you do day to day, you can't really necessarily take these people because they're just not at that level right. yet and say, I'm going to cast you in a Blizzard game. Right. If you could – what would you do with those people? I do bring them in. I can think of uh, a list of people I've brought in from classes. I start with them with small roles, kind of NPC characters, ones that aren't going to be too demanding, maybe two or three line roles to kind of get them in there and play a little bit and see what happens. If I find a voice and a talent that I believe in, I will bring them in. I taught a class a couple of years ago, and there's a woman in the class, I'm not joking, 93 years old. We record in Burbank. She lives in Anaheim, which is a good two and a half, three hours away by traffic. Oftentimes I have to find grandmothers and most times I've had to find people pretending to be grandmothers. She is a grandmother. She's 93. She had so much love and spirit that I brought her in and she's come in for me on World of Warcraft. She's been in for Hearthstone. And, you know, she's not even acting. She's the real deal. So sometimes they might not have the acting chops that other actors have, but they themselves are the character and their heart and their determination is so big that I'm willing to work with it. So sometimes if her reads aren't a thousand percent perfect, as long as we get close, I'm happy because there's an authenticity there. Wow. So I give people chances and we play and see what happens. And I try to help them grow and do what I can to, to further their career. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so you're a former recording engineer right. and you're a talent director. Right. Got to ask the question, have you ever hopped the glass? Uh, I have, and it was absolutely traumatic. I have a funny story. <laughs> no, I hate it. There's a reason I'm on that side of the glass. A couple of years ago, Blizzard was doing a Christmas video, and they did a thing whereby they had all of our characters in our games outside of the studio 
kind of being interviewed like a mockumentary, you know. So we had these characters, Diablo and stuff like that, being interviewed. And they had the role. When I saw the script, they had a role for a voice director. And I was like, yes, I'm going to cast the sexiest voice. I can't wait to cast myself. And then it came to me that, no, I was being forced to do it. And so this is such a great experience for me, even though I have PTSD, because I went in the booth and here I've been directing for years now and I've been around this process enough and it was horrible. I was in the booth. I the my friend was directing me and telling me what he wanted. I heard intellectually what he wanted, but I could not make the difference. And I was delivering horrible, horrible, horrible reads the same read over and over. I couldn't adjust. And then I just felt so vulnerable. And as much as I preached to, to my students about not being vulnerable and being fearless, I felt naked. I felt ridiculous. I felt judged. Um, you know, he's like he said to me because he's not a director. He's like, just read the lines like yourself. And I won't swear and say what I told him. But I'm like, how can I read the lines like myself when it's not even me talking? This is not how I talk. And I ended by uh, I literally started crying and slammed the door and walked out. Oh, no. I, it was horrible. But it was a great reminder to me how hard this is. It is so hard. I felt so ridiculously vulnerable and I couldn't make the adjustments and my voice was in a different octave. It was very strange. So, But I'm so grateful for the experience because it further reminded me how truly difficult this is and what a true art voice acting is. So I do look back on that fondly in the sense it taught me something, but it, it reinforced the fact I will never do that again. So uh, I don't have the, 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 I can't do it. It's not my jam. Nope. No. Wow. No. No. <laughs> but it was great to know how hard it is. And I, I I think that anybody who works in the VO process should get behind the mic because, you know, one time I had an assistant and we had an actor that was was, was hard and the, the actor wasn't getting it. And she said, oh, can't they just do it the normal way? And after I had an aneurysm and after I held back the urge to kill her, <laughs> I said to her, there's no normal. What do you mean normal way? When you're in a booth, like the way I'm talking to you now, I'm not choosing my delivery. I'm not choosing my emphasis. I'm not choosing how I talk. When you go in the booth, your compass starts, you know, circling. There's no due north. You don't know what you're doing. There's no normal way. And it looks so easy when you're on my side of the glass. But when you get in here, you realize it's really, it's what these people do that come in and record for us are of the gods because it's so very difficult. And then you throw in that you're a creature, right? Let's space alien with no mouth. And then you throw in words aren't even your own. And then you throw in that you've got to do a different voice and different accent. I don't know how the fuck this shit gets done. I swear to God. <laughs> so, I don't know. How, I don't know how it does either. It's amazing. So, it's amazing. Rant over. Right. How do you do this? How do you hold uh-huh. this this thing in the back of your head? I mean, I guess as a musician, it's like, well, how are you playing a bass line and then doing a, a lead and at the same time singing? Which to me is like, well, that's just what you do. But I guess it's the same kind of talent, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really, I always tell, again, in these classes, I say when you're a voice actor for video games in particular, it's rub your head, you know, chew gum, pat your belly, stand on one foot, and do 10 more other things on top of that. It's so very, very, very hard. Because oftentimes, you know, I tell my teams all the time, you know, you want an accent and you want acting. One of them's going to give because it's very, it's like finding a diamond in the rough to get an actor who can do a solid accent and give you the acting they want because they, you know, as humans, we can kind of really only put our focus on one thing. To find an actor who can do both is a miracle because it's very, very it difficult. Is. It's very difficult. Right. So people who want to get into voice acting have to know that that's a normal Tuesday. Right. Well, today it was a normal Thursday, yes. but yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Yes. Three questions about World of Warcraft. Sure. What's your take on the South Park episode? 
<laughs> I love it so much. It makes us it makes us happy all the time. It's really, uh, it's yeah, we love it. We've got a museum at Blizzard, and we've got a big poster signed by the uh, South Park team. So it's really a great little glimmer into uh, the world of Warcraft. So I love it very much. Oh, cool. Yes. How about the movie? No comment. Uh, okay. No comment. Okay. All right. So what do you like best about working on World of Warcraft? Uh, this is going to sound so hokey pokey. I love the fans. I love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. Some of my best friends in life now, literally best friends in life, I met at BlizzCon because they're World of Warcraft fans and came up to me. And now we hang out, we take care of each other, we text. So there's there's a sense of love and community that I've never experienced before in my life. And you know, knowing that there's so much love out there, it, it, it gives me so much pressure and responsibility, but almost, but also so much joy and inspiration to know that I work on a game that so many people I care about love and people I don't know who care about love. So I think to know that it's not just a game, but a lifestyle and a vernacular and a language is, I think, what I love working about it most. And also I do love, I love all the races. I love the diversity. I love our storytelling. I love the game itself. I myself play. I'm not a good player. I like to walk around in the world when it's raining and pick flowers and look at things. <laughs> uh, I really just think it's a magical universe. And lately I've been enjoying Azeroth much more than real life. So um, it's a great place to kind of disappear into. I love it very much. And that very thing that you just said is why, as you know, before you and I even started working together, I uninstalled it because it became yeah, my real life. Course. And that was a problem. Of course. of course. Randy one time worked on a football game. Right. And he had the opportunity to name a lot of the non-player characters. Right. And so we do believe, we believe, right, Randy, that we yep. are immortalized in that game? Awesome. As yeah. Awesome. So the question is, have you ever been immortalized in a video game as a character? Yes, I am Andrea Toyas in World of Warcraft. I'm a traveling musical panda. Give me some gold <laughs> and I play music for you. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> yes, it's Rock my last on. name without the I because they wanted to make it seem Asian influenced. So I'm a, I'm a traveling musical panda and I'm very proud of her. She's wonderful. And the fact she plays music makes me even happier. Wow. <laughs> I did not know yes. that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Google me. It's amazing. I'm kidding, but, but I will come up in the WoW wiki, so it's pretty funny. Very oh, fun. Oleg just brought the picture up. Thank you. That's me. Yes. <laughs> it's, I'm looking at a monitor. Yeah, I'm amazing. Look at my hair. It looks great. Yeah, well, it's it's not on the Skype feed, so yes, I don't Yes, well, you have to it. Google it because it's kind of amazing. So. All right. Well, yes. I'm, Very I'm cool. totally into yes. it. Yes. So as high profile as your work is, you are so approachable. Uh, no wonder that so many voice actors want to be around you, hang out with you. And we get to, so that's really yes, cool. Yes, But the question is, flipping that around, who do you admire and why? In terms of voice actors or anybody or? Uh, you know, open question. Take it where you want to take it. Gee whiz. Who do I admire, Oleg? My engineer. Um, Oleg, my engineer. I admire my engineer, Oleg, very much. He's amazing. Because they have the ultimate control. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Gosh, who do I admire? That's a really interesting question. By the way, Oleg, since we had this conversation, I did go to Russia in October, and it was I went to St. Petersburg, and that was pretty freaking amazing. Did you hear that, Oleg? He's smiling. <laughs> Russia's amazing. Sa Satan? So oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Satan, that's a weird note to give me. Um, no, Santa. Santa. Oh, Santa. Santa. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that's there's a there's a voice actor that I work with. Yes, that's great, Oleg. Thank you. That I brought in. I don't know if you guys heard this story. Probably not. Uh, our big bad guy in Overwatch is a character called Doomfist. I needed to cast. He's the biggest character that's going to hit the Blizzard world. And I saw one of. I'm a music junkie, and I'm a huge fan of Fela Kuti. Uh, the African artist, and saw played Fela on Broadway seven years ago when I was in New York. And I did my casting in London, L.A., and New York and for Doomfist. And I got some great auditions in, but I had this weird idea like, what about that guy that played Fela seven years ago? And I'm just going to, what's his name? I'm going to find him and check it out. Anyway, long story short, I found his agent. He auditioned for us. He murdered it. He is probably, look, all actors I work with are great. But in terms of admiration, he came to the session with so much research, so many questions, so many ideas, and really pushed me as a director, pushed the team, pushed the game, because he brought his life experience, his research, his his work as Fela. I mean, he brought a whole other universe to us. So that's a great one because working with an actor like that, I still think about sessions with him. I still work with him, but I'm overwhelmed with admiration for the dedication to the craft that he brought. He didn't just show up and go, okay, I'm going to do a voice for you. I mean, nobody really does that. But he brought... He went. He brought the universe to us in a way that we had not seen before. So, so I guess my admiration goes to Saw. His name's Saw and Gauja, and my admiration goes for any artist that can really shift the ground you're standing on and make you think differently. But in terms of actual people, I mean Judith Weston, who I brought up, I have so much admiration for her. So many great actors. I see. Um, I'm currently obsessed with Peaky Blinders. Obsessed. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but the acting on that is bar none. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had like some cool answer, like Gandhi or something, but I don't. So um, I don't know. I get inspired, and I every day, and I admire people every day, big and small. So you dress like Peaky Blinders. I do. I'm wearing a Peaky Blinders outfit right now because I'm ridiculous. I, I can't stop. It's this kind of 1920s gangster show, and I'm I'm kind of dressed like a, a sequined gangster right now, right, Ole? Anyway, I, w- I wish I had a better answer, but I'm just, you know, there's there's amazing artists I work with every day. People at Blizzard inspire me, and, you know, I admire their t- – I mean, I guess that's a better answer. Blizzard, the, my colleagues at Blizzard really inspire me, and I admire them because so much of the hard work and dedication they put into the game only makes those of us that support the game work even harder. So um, that sounds like bullshit, but it's true. That's anyway. very cool. Yeah. You talked about the fact that you do voiceover workshops? Yes, I do. Talk to us about that. Um, those I really enjoy. Primarily, it's fun to meet new actors, but I teach because I really love to impart new students with what I've learned over the years. I think that the requirements for video games are very specific and very dynamic and ever-changing. And I really enjoy giving back, if you will, to people who want to get into it because there's very specific things that we look for in video game voice casting and directing. So I love to kind of share and kind of give people some shortcuts to help get their career going. So uh, that's primarily why I do it. And then I do get to once in a while pick up some new talent as well. Um, But it's a fun way to kind of get out of my head. So where can listeners go to find out uh, when your next workshops are going to be or how to engage with you in that level? I'd like to pretend that I'm efficient and good at updating my professional Facebook page because that's where I, in theory, should do that. But I rarely do. But I should be better. So in theory, my professional Facebook page is where I post my classes. Um, But they're usually quite small and quite limited. So they're kind of hard to get a seat in. Um, But I do post on there when I can, when the class is coming up. And are those primarily in L.A. only? Primarily or? in L.A., yes. I did teach in New yeah. York a bit. Um, I think I did something online, little little bits here and there, but it does tend to be in L.A. Okay, awesome. Yes. Best advice for voice actors? Oh, gosh. 
study acting. You know, so many people think I would lobby that it's just called acting. So many people come to me and just want to be voice actors who are currently kind of doing voice acting. But I don't cast voices. I cast people and I cast life experiences and I cast actors. So the more acting you can get under your belt, no matter where you're at in the process, I've got some five star voice actors I work with that are still taking acting classes because I'm casting. I'm casting humans who can find a way to tap into their life story and bring it into the characters that we're creating. So your voice is almost irrelevant to me these days. It's really, I'm casting performances in people and their life story. So the more you can study acting to learn how to transfer that into your delivery, the more I'm going to cast you. So acting, 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 acting. That's the number one thing that I that I look for. Agreed. Great advice. Yes. Well, we have absorbed so much of your time and we're so grateful <laughs> For your generosity and, and and hanging out with us, this has been, been so fun. much fun. It's fun. Yes, I love I love you guys, and I love I love working with Randy. So I'm happy to be here and happy to talk about this job that I'm so fortunate to have. So I'm grateful every single day. Now, I think we all are. Yes. We we do something that's pretty special and pretty oh, yeah. unique, and For and sure. I think that that's a really lucky place to be in life. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. I hope I made some sense. You know, I'm all hyperactive and excitable, so I hope I hope something was worthwhile in there. So we'll see. You've been great. You've been awesome. Randall. BT. Until next time. Yes. Okay. Thanks, guys. Let me know if you need anything else. Sounds great. Thank you so much. That was gold. And that's the end of part two and our conversation with Andrea Toyas. If you missed part one, make sure you listen to episode seven. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Randy Ryan, owner of Hamsterball Studios, voice music and sound design, and Brian Talbot, actor and all-around creative guy. If you have comments, questions, ideas for other show topics you'd be interested in hearing, or you just want to let us know what you think, you can reach us by sending an email to bt at letstalkvoiceover.com or go to our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com. That's letstalkvoiceover.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite media app so you don't miss an episode. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk VoiceOver. We'll talk again real soon.